Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Hello. Hi. How's, How's everyone doing? Good question. I'm much better than last week, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, I think this last week was just really, really interesting. Um, (laughs) Say more about that. I don't know. Like, I know when we, when we were recording last time, I was uh, saying that I was going to do like a funeral for myself, but really what it ended up being was more like an integration between my past, present and future, um, which was a really, really beautiful little ceremony. Um, I knew I was going to be burning things. And for some reason I needed to balance it out with water. And thank God I did because (laughs) my flame was like this big. And if you can't see that, I'm going to say like, it was about a foot tall out of my (laughs) cauldron. And I could like, I'm sitting the distance away from my computer and it was like heat. And after I was done, I was like, Oh my God, do I still have eyebrows? (laughs) Like it was intense. it was it was really intense dude like it was it was crazy like my paper burnt like that I was as soon as I put it to the candle and it started catching and I put it into my cauldron I was like I should probably record this for some stupid ass reason like me I don't know maybe share it up on Instagram or something um but I was like oh I should record this and no sooner do I grab my phone it's like out and I'm like holy moly um (laughs) Yeah, that was that was super intense. And after my husband came in, he's like, "Why is it all smoky in here?" And I'm like, "So I was just burning shit." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he thought I was gonna set off the detectors. It's great. Aww. I just do that when I cook. Sometimes, <laughs> not necessarily when I actually. Most of the things that I do in burning ceremony actually occur outside of my house, in my backyard cauldron. Um, and I have managed to maintain my eyebrows so far in life. So we're going to stick with that. Yeah. Knuckle hair is not so much, but eyebrows are still there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was lucky. But I mean, the nice thing was, is if it did get too extreme, I could just like tip the piece of wood that I had, like my little bathtub caddy. I could just tip yeah. that and it would fall into the water and we'd be fine. So. <laughs> oh, the visual of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Aaron panicking. Ah! Oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, that's a good time. That is a good time. Yeah, I I definitely um, felt a shift in energy after that eclipse ended. Holy, that eclipse tried to take I think a lot of us out. Holy shit! Um, I know last week's episode was really heavy, but I almost feel like aspects of my speaking it out into the world was part of that healing process that it needed to just be witnessed and now that I've been able to witness it and have others like witness and hold space and all of that it's like I went to bed after our podcast recording and got up the next day and I was like huh I feel energetically like 100 pounds energetically lighter um and then I've also been on this cleanse for a a week now and you know piling your body with superfoods and reducing it from taking on some of the heavier meals that I would eat like definitely not eating as much red meat as I used to I've weaned off of the caffeine 
because I go in ways with that. I love coffee, but decaf's fine too. And mm-hmm. it just, it's just a nice, lovely shift in the body. Like I'm still not a hundred percent where I want to be, but I don't have that energetic weight of the whole freaking world around me that was piling up and crumbling. It's like, I've maybe gotten to the top of the rubble now and I'm starting to walk down that hill to like walk away from it, clear it all out. So yeah, that's, uh, it was interesting how it shifted literally overnight. And it's not like as if I had like an epic sleep because my sleep patterns, I can't even, they're all over the place. Some days I have really great sleeps, although I am getting better sleeps now with this detox, which is wonderful. So it's been happening. Well, that's really good. Mm. Well, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about our shamanic retreats, some spiritual journeys that we've been on, and um, kind of really cool things that have happened in the last, I don't know, however long. Any cool stories we want to share? Um, Mm, Absolutely. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Did you want to start off or did you want me to go? I can go first with this one. Um, my my Mexico trip is pinging me. You know, this was also the same trip where I had that experience with my dad coming through with the butterflies, which my list, our listeners would have heard of already in a previous episode. Um, but one another aspect of that trip was um, that we got to go to a traditional sweat lodge uh, somewhere near Tulum area. It's kind of in the jungle area. I don't actually really know. Honestly, that trip from start to finish was like, a lot of surrender because when we arrived in the airport um we were waiting for a driver and because our flight was three hours earlier than the host of this retreat they were not arriving until like 8 p.m or something like that oh god um i know it was yeah it was really interesting so we were just kind of told like we'll just hang out at the airport and the drivers will come find you now i'm a pretty prominent personality and what style i guess and that was back when i had my my mohawk very bleach blonde and the shaved head like I so it's like the same style as you can see on the YouTube videos and I've done different things with my hair in between since then but to be able to find me in a crowd it was kind of funny we were sitting there we got off the airplane and I had messaged the the um the owner of the retreat center and I said like you know if it's possible for us to get a ride sooner that would be wonderful but if not then like this is where you'll find us in the airport well we were we had just finished ordering our drinks from the flight off the flight and all that and this dude comes up in a white shirt and black pants and a belt. And he's like, says my name. And I'm like, my, my eyes shifted. I'm like, we're in Mexico and this guy knows my name. That's really weird. But I'm going to go with blind faith here and assume that it's probably the driver. And I don't speak Spanish. It's a, it's a life goal of mine. And he's like, you know, we're here, blah, blah, blah. So like, okay, that's fine. So he said he would wait for us until we got our drinks. But the restaurant wouldn't let us cancel our order, even though we had literally seconds before he walked up, pushed it in. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll pay for it. They gave us, quote unquote, to-go cups. They put our drinks into a plastic freaking solo cup, which is pretty funny. And I'm like, so I'm just off the airport airplane. I'm in this open air restaurant. Some random stranger walks up to my crew of table of people to say that he's here to drive us. And we were given our cups to go. And I'm taking an alcoholic beverage with me on this giant cargo van in Mexico and I have no idea where we're going or if it's legit. And we all piled into the van together on blind faith with our drinks. And we were having a great time. There was about seven of us, I think, at this point. And uh, about halfway down the highway between the airport and the, the retreat center, I turned to my friend and I was like, how do we know this is legit and not like some murder van that's going to take us somewhere else? And she's like, well, the guy did know your name. I'm like, okay, that's valid. But 
it was it was it was such an interesting experience um and then when we got there uh a couple days later when we were going to be picked up for this uh the temescal um uh, sauna not sauna sweat lodge um it was the same driver <laughs> i'm like okay thank goodness we had other excursions throughout that week but we had different drivers throughout that week but it was the same driver as on the, the airport day and i was like this is hilarious so we we tipped him big because we didn't tip him the first day because we didn't understand like that's like a courtesy of what you do when you arrive if you have a driver that's like you know you tip them better than you would tip almost a waitress i think is kind of the expectation down there now like, i don't know i'm learning all these things as we go along but getting to so this is like part two of the, us driving in the middle of nowhere in, in mexico and not knowing what our fate really is we're on our way past tulum so we actually had to go through tulum a little bit into like the more like suburban area and then we end up on this side road highway to nowhere jungle surrounded and then there was also some older abandoned concrete buildings and it was like just a not good vibe in some of these building spaces and so my nervousness going into this journey because we didn't know what to expect i i've never been in any kind of sweat lodge ever before although i've done a lot of work in like saunas at the gym or saunas at cabins and that and like hot tub stuff but I was kind of freaking myself out a little bit about it being too hot and me not being able to handle the heat and the moisture. And, and I really didn't, again, because I didn't know what to expect. So I'm spinning on this while we're driving into the jungle. It's broad daylight, beautiful scenery. Finally, we caught, kind of got past like the industrial, abandoned industrial areas and we got deeper into the jungle. And then he kind of, the driver just kind of takes a sharp right and drives up this gravel road and all of a sudden we're here and it, it like reminded me like of a ski lodge in the mountains except that we were in tropical and i'm just kind of taking in my surroundings and there's a lot of jungle sounds a lot of beautiful different bird sounds i've never heard before i'm pretty sure we heard some kind of monkey or some kind of something along in that family um and then we find out that the shaman that was leading this sweat was also in training so he was new, like a newbie which i thought was like that kind of made me a little bit more unsettled, but again, it was more because I think I was spinning on myself. But part of um, some of the teachings that came through with this is like, you can choose your journey. You don't have to leave it open. And it's almost better to set an intention because if you don't set an intention, that could spin you into the really deep darkness. And there was no plant medicine involved with this one at all. It was literally, we had like, we had a planned menu with this retreat, which is, it's a beautiful place. I would love to host a retreat there someday. So I'm just putting that out there into creation. Hey, universe, be that so that I can get back there and be the host of one of these. Cause it's such a beautiful mystical place, but um, we have, we have a private chef on this retreat. And so they actually developed a menu for that week to help you cleanse leading up to the Temescal. And then again, afterwards, and so we had a very light breakfast. We didn't, I think we were only allowed salad or fruit for lunch, which I was fine with and plenty of water, which makes sense because we were arriving for the sweat. We left the, we left the retreat center around 4 PM. So we were getting there around the dinner hour and we were coming back in the dark to have a late light dinner. And when we arrived at this place, hot sun beating down on you. And I'm just trying to take in all the surroundings and I'm starting to notice these weird different bugs that I wouldn't necessarily see and you wouldn't see in Tulum or in along the beach in the ocean that's more towards like when you're deeper in the jungle where these insects would be so I'm like okay and then I'm freaking out even more because it's like what if I got stung by something and what if it's going to hurt and I remember saying to a friend on the retreat like how nervous I was and she says well set your intention and I was like okay and I, but I was like flip-flopping about what I wanted so I was 
again, second guessing my intuition, foolishly so. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, I don't want this purge to hurt, but maybe it needs to hurt a little bit so that I at least get the awareness that this is what's going on. And I don't know why I thought I was even going to require a purge at all, because a purge doesn't necessarily mean like projectile vomiting or deep belly crying or laughter. Like a purge could literally just mean like you shedding a layer in your sweat. It doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be physical. But I'm still spinning on this as we arrive and I'm taking in the surroundings. And it was kind of a rush to get there because I don't know if we left late or if the driver arrived late because Mexico operates on their own time vortex. And <laughs> they really do. And like, I love it because again, that's another like flash of time is not linear. Time is merely a construct of human reality and it's also an illusion. So it's, it's kind of funny, like, anyway. Um, so I'm taking the look around and I was like, do I need to go to the bathroom first? And there was this outdoor outhouse kind of thing, mini log cabin thing. And it was a really cool space. And it, and I thought like, wow, like this is a really nice design with the way that it reminded me log cabin-ish um, or like teak wood or something. But then when I got into the room and turned around to let the door shut behind me and hang my bag on the hook, I realized that in the corner by the sink was a giant ant farm. And you could see these ants crawling all over the counter in behind the faucet, up the ledge, out the window. And I was like, instantly my hackles went up and I was like, that's disgusting. I'm going to need to hover. How am I going to get through this? So I, I did what I needed to do and I washed my hands as best I could without getting anywhere near these ants. And they actually were kind of staying in the corner, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I don't know if they're the kind that bite and sting. And again, because we're in Mexico, I do know there are different stinging insects and I don't need to see them. Thank you very much. I actually don't know if we saw scorpions on this trip. We may have, but they're smaller than I thought they were. Whenever it, whenever it was, and I've actually seen them in person, they're a lot smaller than I thought they were. But anyway, and uh, so then I rejoined the group and we're led down this path and they are starting to talk about like, you know, walking the path a certain direction and honoring what's on like the north, the south, the east, the west, the up, the down, yada, yada. And we get around this bonfire and we're asked to enter on the northwest side, but go clockwise around the circle to take a seat at the bench. So we all walked our way in and around, but on my way, I'm still freaking out about what's going on. And this bug lands on my wrist, right at the wrist bone on my left hand, where like, yeah, like literally right where your wrist bends, the big like knob that you have there. And as the second that I recognized that this thing had landed on me, it stung me and it stung me so deeply that I had to actually flick it off three times before it would let go. And then I had to pull its, its stinger out of me because it had embedded into the bone. Fun. And then my hand started to turn numb and I'm freaking out because I normally do pack allergy medicine for stuff like this, like a couple of pills of Benadryl in my bag. But wouldn't you know what? I left that behind at the retreat center and I didn't bring it with me on this trip while I was going into the deepest jungle we've ever been in in Mexico. Don't know why, but I obviously didn't need it. And it's, it also was another flash to me of how beautiful and how powerful the body and its healing abilities can be because I was still freaking out about this. I had mentioned it to the host that had like, um, like the owner of the retreat center. And she said, well, maybe you should talk to the shaman. They might have some insights for you. And I was still like really, really, really freaking, almost like childlike in a way, looking for someone to like calm me down. Um, but the shaman took one look at me and was just, okay, he's like, 
was it red? And I was like, yeah, it's like a flying red ant of some kind. He's like, which I think are common down there. Um, but I was freaking out about the numbness in my hand more than the sting itself because it had started to move up my thumb and then my first finger and then the second. And he grabbed some clay from the, um, the ground nearby and he, he wet it down and he pasted it on my hand and he said, you're gonna sit beside me for the whole experience. I said, okay. After we walked around the fire, he gave us like an introduction of what to expect and, and how to approach it. Then they walked us further down in another spiral down this like pathway, which is really beautiful into a cenote. And then you dump, jump into the cenote, cleanse yourself. And the water was really cool and really refreshing. And it was in a cave. And then I had the awareness of when we're done, it's going to be dark and there's probably going to be bats in here. So that was another like another excuse for me to spin. Like I like seriously, I have to laugh at myself at how ridiculous I was being because this I guess this is like one of my first shamanic experiences. So it was <laughs> definitely, oh man, I'll be I'll be laughing about myself like for all timelines about this one. But anyway, we do the cenote dip, walk back up, and then we're led in towards the pile of rocks that are were being heated on that fire, and then into the actual uh, cave clay cave that they have which actually these shamans apparently built by hand that was part of the initiation process and part of his training um so then he reapplied more clay on my hand and he again said like please stay beside me so i was the the last one to, i think or the first one to go in or one of the first ones to go in and he asked me to you know walk the full circle of the, the clay cave and sit beside him and i had my back against the wall and it was already very humid in there and it, um part of I guess what they they have a lot of different flower plants like other different plant medicines in the water that they would spill on the rocks and at each time um they would honor each of the six different directions and then they would they they call it like opening the doors and then like they get it they literally open the door to the cave you get a blast of cool air and then they collect more water and more rocks to keep the heat going and they sing beautiful traditional songs and they're repetitive and they're rhythmic and there's like sometimes there was a drum beat. I can't remember if we actually had a drum or not or if it was actually their tones because there was two shamans and it may have just been their tones that was like kind of representing the drum beat and so there we walked through quote unquote walked through six directions but by the time we had opened the third door the numbness on my hand had completely gone and the little redness and blood that I had from that sting was gone. And I'm, I have a little tiny scar on my wrist to remind me that I fucking asked for this. Cause I said, maybe I needed to hurt just a little bit. Well, that was it. Because the actual experience within the Temescal itself was so beautiful to be in ceremony with other peers of mine and to see these shamans in their learning stages, but also their teaching stages. And I almost think that because they were in training, he was spending more time explaining every single detail of what he was doing and why he was doing it and what it meant to them. And then speaking in Spanish as well as translating into English and singing the songs and chanting. And then every time they would splash water on the rocks, the steam, because of my position near the door, um, I almost think I got a little bit more of the steam. And then I, when I came out of it by the end of it, after we had done all six passages, I had some of the flower um, medicine on my body just from the way everything was getting splashed around. And I, and it was not as hot as I expected it to be. I've sat in saunas that are hotter. I've created heated hot tubs, like where I've jumped in the water and then had to jump back out again because the water's too hot when they're wood fired. And I just kind of like had to laugh my ass off at myself afterwards. I was like, I was freaking out over this tiny ass little sting. And yet here with in like in communion and ceremony with mother earth and all of the earth energies in this area 
and using the soil from the ground below me that I was standing on when I was stung and to sweat it out naturally in a sweat lodge and sing beautiful songs with repetition that were easy to pick up even though I don't speak Spanish because of the repetition it was really easy to start singing along and I just kind of like laughed at myself at how human I was being in a spiritual experience and then when we came out of this Temescal the, the darkness had set in and it was a different kind of eerie it wasn't that creepy unsettling anymore it was like a peaceful and then you could hear like the whole jungle came alive I am pretty sure that I could hear the trees in tandem harmony with the animals and the birds that were calling out once the darkness set in and the stars were unreal like unlike anything I've ever seen before and then you walk back out again and you go down into the cenote one last time you do your final dip in the cool water which is refreshing after being in a heated ceremony for like up to more than 90 minutes I think it might have been more than almost two and a half hours I think by the time we were done wow yeah and I was like I can't believe I was freaking out over this I can't believe that I just did this and when can I do it again because I went in with so much human stupidity that it almost blocked me for a while and I realized in hindsight that I needed that sting to be the algorithm interrupt even though I called it in to get my head out of my head and back into soul so that I could actually experience it for what it should have been and when we came back to the uh, the I say the restaurant but the retreat center they had served us this soup and I couldn't drink it. I was like, no, first of all, I actually don't like um, seafood based broth. And it was a seafood based broth. Like it smelled delicious, but my body was like, nope, you're not touching this. And I ended up just having an apple and going to bed. And I had pretty much only had, I think, two servings of fruit and a serving of a really delicious, brightly colored salad. And I woke up the next day feeling like a completely different human and that was one of the first steps back to me reclaiming my health but then you know the shitstorm happened in 2019 and it just got worse and worse and worse so with this transformation that I'm on for my current detox that I'm on like I'm starting to see aspects of that set back in and I'm super excited to see what shifts and it's like dude get away get out of get out of your human and into your soul because you're you don't, we don't realize as humans how much we block ourselves being too human sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting how like things like that happen, right? Like, um, I know I had a, a, a little shamanic walkabout down at a retreat in California. Mm -hmm. God, what was that three years ago now? I think it's been three years. Um, yeah, and it was, it was really cool because this is the first time that I had ever experienced something like this. Like I had, this is probably the first time that I'd ever gone on a trip without someone that I was super close with. Like I went with a friend from Winnipeg here, um, but it wasn't like, you know, it was like we'd had some contact together, but this was like, okay, now we're traveling alone together mm -hmm. and I've never experienced that. So that alone was like kind of a, a cool coming of age type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and oh man it was it was really interesting because it was definitely like when I travel I am very much a I'm very much like a not a control freak because that's not the correct the correct words <laughs> but I I get a certain level of anxious when I'm doing things like that where like we had to because we were going down to California we have to go to I think we flew through the Vancouver airport 
So we went from Winnipeg to Vancouver, then Vancouver down to California. Yeah. So when we get to Vancouver, it's like, okay, we need to go from this terminal all the way to this one over here. That airport is fucking insane. You, it's like its own freaking city. I, I I've done, I've done that walk. It's like, oh, you have an hour and a half to catch your next flight. Well, guess what? You're walking for the next hour to get to the other gate. Because yep. when you arrive after 6 p.m., all of the driver go-kart guys are gone for the day. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But I have this weird, well, I, I used to think it was weird, um, sense of direction when I get into that moment. Like, But what I'm actually probably doing is just pinging in the direction I need to go. And then I get the, the energetic pull and I go, okay, it's this way. That's cool. I don't know how I do it, but I navigated that airport like a boss. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so we get down to our retreat center, which was um, Saratoga Springs, I think it was, somewhere in that area. Okay. And super, super lovely area. I had never really done, like, I, well, I never really traveled to California prior to this. But um, we, I think it was, um, I think it was five days that we were down there. Five to seven days, I can't quite remember. Um but like it was one of the last days that we did the shamanic walkabouts. So we did a whole bunch of stuff leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this was also around the solstice. Oh, just, just for the record. <laughs> um, or it was at the equinox. Sorry, the equinox, because it was in June, June 21st. Um, okay. Yeah, so oh, it, was, it was really interesting because we used a plant medicine called San Pedro. Um, which is like a cactus. It's a dried cactus. It tastes absolutely horrible. It's disgusting. <laughs> tastes like, like sweaty gym socks that have been left in your bag <laughs> for weeks. Um, and it was really funny because like we we had it measured out and we poured it in and then you got your you got to pick whatever juice you wanted to like choke it like down. The chaser. <laughs> yeah. So like you've got this drink with like while it's not tree bark, it's cactus pieces floating in it. Then you're like, cool, I'm going to ingest this now. Um, and I remember taking it down and being like, okay, that wasn't so horrible. And then like, you know, kind of the wave and nausea hits you and you're like, oh God. Um, but I remember the, the ladies who were running the, the retreat, they had basically said like, you, if you feel like you need another dose, you can do so. We have extras kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, I want to have a really good trip. I want to experience everything that I can with this, with this, um, you know, walkabout. I would really, like, I really want to like make the most of it. So I was debating whether or not I wanted to go for a second dose. And it was interesting because as I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to take a second dose, um, my body was getting more and more nauseous to the point where I felt like I needed to purge. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it was really like, all right, right down to the second. I was like, you know what? Second dose, not for me. Because if I take a second dose, I'm going to throw up. And as soon as I clued into that, my body was like, cool, you got the message. And it's just calmed right down. I was like, all right then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it was really, it was really neat because this was the first time that I'd ever had like some altered consciousness in this type of way. Um, and it was like almost immediately after I had made that decision to not get a second dose and to just go with the first, my consciousness switched and I started seeing things almost more in slow motion. 
And it was just, it was really, really cool. I can't quite describe everything that I experienced, but like I knew every time I closed my eyes, I was seeing sacred geometry. It was almost like looking through a kaleidoscope, but it was like sacred geometry shapes and things like that. It was so cool. Um, and one of the things that I, like the one, well, there's many memories that stand out from this, um, this retreat but one of my favorites and like what really I think fundamentally changed me um, was when we did um, the labyrinth. So while we were on this walkabout, we were given different tasks to do um, to like help, I don't know, rediscover whatever it was that we were supposed to do. I can't quite remember it, but um, one of the things that they did was they had a stone labyrinth with just like a walking path. So you walk around in spiral until you get to the center and then you walk out. So while you're walking into the center, you're caught, like you're releasing anything that you don't want to have anymore, or like you're releasing something. That's the release point. When you get to the center, you, you know, you should have released everything. Um, you call in what you want. And then the out circle, like as you go out, you're integrating it, right? So I remember walking in the circle and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I, I shed it, like I want to release all of like my self-doubt. I want to get rid of all of like my, um, my feelings of like self-consciousness and like feeling very meek and timid and like I want to stand up and have my voice and things like that. And so I was really shedding a lot of like, I don't want to feel the like, this naivety anymore, right? Like, I want to feel like I'm in my power. So when I got to the center, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to call in my goddess self. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm calling in everything that makes me like a divine feminine being. Like, that is what I'm doing. And really super powerful, super cool. As I'm walking out, I'm like, all right, cool. I got this. I felt feeling like, all right, started feeling this energy come into my body. I was like, oh yes, this is it. It was so confident. It was like, I could speak things and manifest at a will. It was so crazy. And as I had finished, I walk back to the bench that like, literally there was like 10 people piled onto this bench, like moments before we were kind of like the last ones to do this. Um, and I reach down for my bag and I see a snake sitting under the bench and I go, whoa, cause like my brain, not where it should be when you see a snake. Um, and I'm like, wow, it's a rattlesnake. And I mean, like, I think it was like a little, little guy and I can hear it rattling and I can see the tail going and I'm like, I want to pet it. I just want to love it. <laughs> but like, you know, a little a little, I don't know, piece of my brain goes, if you touch it, you will probably get hurt. Do not touch it. So I'm like, all right. But I talked to the snake. I was like, snake, I'm going to grab my bag because it was literally inches away from its face. I'm going to grab my bag. I mean, you no harm. Please don't bite me. And yes. I feel like the snake and I had a moment. <laughs> That's amazing. I grabbed my bag <laughs> and I didn't get bitten. Um, but it was really cool because snakes for me at least when I see them are a very powerful symbol of transformation right like you when you see snakes they shed them like they can shed their skin they really like I don't know change how they are right mm -hmm. so for me the snake was really um 
like a symbolism of my transformation that I had called in at this point. And like, let me tell you, I walked around like a fucking goddess for the rest of that week <laughs> that, or sorry, the rest of that day. It was pretty crazy. Um, like everywhere I walked, it was like life had sprung up from my feet. It was so, mm. such a unique experience. Um, and I remember that there was like, once we kind of had lunch and we had like a free, like we had the afternoon free for ourselves and like time was not operating the way that normal human time works. It was really mm -hmm. strange. But I remember I was sitting in this, what we called the fairy portal. It was literally two trees. So I was sitting there with two, two other, um, three, sorry, three other women. There was four of us there. And one of the girls that I was um, sitting next to, she started experiencing some really dark shit. She did not, she was not having a good time at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and for some odd reason, she had jumped into, pool, in, into the pool um, with her clothes on. Not quite sure why, but whatever. Anyway, so she was starting to have a little bit of a panic attack. And I remember just like reaching over to her. I put my hand on her leg and I said, it's okay, you'll be all right. And I just sat there. And I held her leg. <laughs> yeah, so funny. But like she started settling and she was like, okay, I'm good. All right, cool. And so she settled. And then when, when I felt, I guess, enough that she had settled enough, I moved my hand and she touched her pant leg. And she's like, oh my God, where you touched my pant leg, it's dry. And she like freaked out again in like the best way possible. And I'm just like right. sitting there, I'm like, I don't know how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> like, right. I am, I am not of this world. <laughs> right, because this was the girl that jumped in the pool, right? So you, yeah. okay, so her clothes would have been wet. Okay, I understand. Yeah, like she was, wow. was, like she was soaking wet, and I mean, like the rest of her was totally still like damp. And where I had my hand was just like I wouldn't say it was dry because you know whatever, but like she felt like it was dry, like That's cool. I don't know, but this is also the moment where I could look at someone and I felt like I was reading their entire soul. Like it was such a cool experience. Um, like it was almost like, yeah, I, I can't quite, I can't quite put to words exactly how that was. Cause it was like, I literally knew everything that was going on inside of someone. And I was like, okay, this is what's happening to you right now. And they're like, yeah, like, cool. This is how we should fix it. They're like, okay, it was so neat. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that you called in goddess energy, but what really happened was that you claimed this ability to dry clothes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe they, they thought I wanted to be a domestic goddess. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I don't know why that flashed me, but I had to see it. <laughs> oh, this was also the retreat where um, we did um, a meditation. We did a meditation while you're high on some sort of plant medicine, which sounds like a great time. Um, <laughs> like, my conscious brain goes, that does not sound like a fun time at all. But I was like, all right, cool let alone the fact that I couldn't fucking ground myself oh, for geez. like the full morning. I literally hugged a tree and I'm like, I need to ground, but I was too out of the world. It was so neat. Yeah. Um, 
But during that um, meditation, I can't even remember what we were supposed to go on a journey for, but my grandma stepped in and this was like the first time that I'd really connected with her on like a one-on-one level. Like usually it was someone reading for her. Um, whereas this one was like, literally she's communicating with me mm-hmm. and she's like, you are now the matriarch of the family. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I'm like, no, please. Can it be anyone else? Um, but yeah like that literally stuck with me um and like looking back in hindsight when I kind of was able to have time to integrate what that really was like that whole transition and that whole um experience that I went through was literally me shifting from my maiden energy into my motherhood type of energy um again this was like a couple of years before my daughter not a couple of years. I think this was only one year before my daughter was born. Um, where it was like, yeah, cause I think it was the summer before I got pregnant. Um, but yeah, like I really was shedding all of the things that I did not want anymore. And I was really stepping in and claiming that like mother energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so cool. There's so many cool stories about that one trip. <laughs> cause it was a trip. It, it really was. It was really fun. The oh, I just remembered. So I remember um <laughs> I remember people coming in like to my awareness every now and again. They're like, if you go to the bathroom, don't look in the mirror. And I'm like, challenge accepted. <laughs> Same way. <laughs> like, cool. So I went to the bathroom, like obviously when I had to go, which when you're on that like weird space time continuum, you're not in your human body. So I'm like, I think I probably should go to the bathroom now. And so I like, of course I go and I was like, all right, cool. Do we look in the mirror? Is it going to be like really freaky or am I like looking in the mirror? Cause I think it's going to be cool. I'm like we're going to look in the mirror. I'm okay. If I see some dark shit. So I'm looking at the mirror and I'm like, first of all, my pupils are like the size of dinner plates. It was insane. Um, but then my face morphed and I wasn't looking at myself anymore. I was looking at more of like a reptilian or like a snake-like face. My, my eyes were like slitted pupils. It was so cool. I was like, I am a reptile. This is awesome. And then I was just like, all right, cool. That was not so bad. And I went out about my day. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Super For the record, funny. staring at yourself in the mirror while sober is equally as trippy if you stare at yourself long enough, especially mm-hmm. if you do eye gazing with yourself, because that is something that I have used to kind of pull up the shadow aspects to see what I haven't been facing. And I've also stone cold sober had experiences where my face is morphed while staring at myself in the mirror. So, yeah, that, I think that was one of the first things that I ever really got into when I was doing like the, the witchy woo stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, even from like when I was 12 years old, I remember, I remember sitting in the bathroom, um, with a candle in my lap and like staring at myself in the mirror. And like, so you'd see the candle light on your face and it would flicker and it would help with that. Mm -hmm. Um, though I have to say a little bit of that bloody Mary, like urban legend type of thing really freaked me out. So I couldn't do it too long, Yeah, but like, yeah, like the cool experiences that I had just eye gazing with myself and like seeing my face morph into different things. Mm -hmm. 
We should do that again. That sounds like a yeah. fun time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, I'm for it. Share experiences afterwards. I um, it's, it's some of the things that you've shared about that story um, parallels a couple of other experiences I've had. I don't, I don't drink anymore. I just decided I was actually at the Mexico trip, which would have been in 2017. When I came back from that trip, I had decided to consciously stop drinking. That retreat itself was a dry um, retreat. She doesn't have alcohol on the property. If you wanted to have alcohol, you would have to go purchase it yourself and bring it. Like you were allowed to do so. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something that was part, it wasn't like an all-inclusive drink all year want, drink your face off, eat your face off kind of thing. That wasn't what at all, it, what it was. And um, so on that Mexico trip, when I had, I had made the decision not to drink anymore when I came back, which I, I didn't drink often, but I drank enough. And I, I morphed from drinking like coolers and beer and wine to rum and cokes and then eventually I switched from rum and coke to rum and diet coke and then I switched from rum and diet to rum and diet press which is an add-on of water to kind of balance out and then I started to slowly phase out the diet drinks and I would just drink rum and water and then I got to the point in my late 20s early 30s where I could drink rum straight on ice but I would be buying top shelf alcohol um but after my trip to Mexico I had come back to Winnipeg and I went about my normal eating habits after eating really clean for a week and a half and eating more plant-based and fish and seafood rather and chicken rather than red meats. And so when I had come back to Winnipeg, I was just back in Winnipeg mode default and working between two jobs. It would be nothing for me to like swing through McDonald's, grab two double hamburgers and a drink and be on my way. Because in my head, I would rationalize it as like, I need the protein, especially with the workout regime that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the carbs really didn't matter that much back then, but I wasn't also factoring in the salt and the fat content and all the other additives of that type of food. But my first experience back with red meat and my body actually gagged. And I was like, that's interesting. I've never had that reaction before. That's how seafood used to make me feel. And then within that same month of me returning from our Mexico trip, I was with a friend and we were drinking and I went to take a swig of the most delicious rum that I had poured on ice and I brought it up to my lips and I had that gag reflex again just when I got like the effervescence of the alcohol and I was like huh and I took a sip anyway and my whole body like fake retched and I was like what is that about like my body was getting louder like stop taking this stuff in and it's like well you can't and I've what for me what I with the awareness that I drew or came to was that I can't maintain the energy that I need to keep my psychic abilities while I'm also consuming alcohol. So I was just like, Hey, cool. Like, I don't care. I mean, I've been a bartender since my early twenties. I've had my, my day with alcohol. I'm cool with saying goodbye to it. It didn't matter to me at all. The red meat one surprised me. Um, but I got back to using it more often, but then I'm okay with phasing it out too. Like I can take it or leave it. I don't know that I would ever be vegan, but I, I could be mostly like, I don't love dairy and all that stuff, but I will eat it. Um, but I could live off of tuna and salmon and other types of sources of protein rather than having red meat and chicken all the time. So Mm -hmm. there's that, but because I've also started to clean my body up. Um, and since then I've taken some, oh, my own personal retreats where I've like booked a cabin in the woods for a couple of days. And I'll, I've started to play around a little bit with marijuana to experiment. Like I was 30 when I tried it for the first time and I realized like that I, I could take it or leave it too. Um, 
but I was having a really stressful time. And this used to be a theme since 2016. It was like stress on stress on stress on stress, actually probably since 2014. Because that, that was when I was graduating with my university degree. And that last year was not fun. Um, but anyway, stress on stress on stress. So when I would have three days off in a row, I booked a cabin in the woods out in the White Shell area. Beautiful, beautiful, like I think it's boreal forest. Like there's rocks and moss and very, very like telluric energy. And this in particular cabin that I stay at all the time has a wood burning fireplace inside as a source of heat. It also has a quote unquote two person bathtub, but like I'm five seven and it ain't big enough for me. So I don't know which size of two people could fit in that bathtub. But anyway, whatever. It's like, it's like a couple, apparently, but it's a couple's retreat. So whatever. But I like they have it's, it's good for uh, solo retreats, too. But essentially, because of the layout of this cabin, you walk in and there's the bed right away almost. And then the, the bathtub is in an open space in the cabin area. And then just in front of the bathtub, down a few steps is like the seating area and the hot stove. And then off to the side is the kitchen. So I had been cooking something light for dinner on this particular retreat. I had some can of butter that was gifted to me. And I brought that and I made myself a coffee. I was still drinking caffeine. And I had ran myself a bath and also important to mention that this particular location takes water in off of the lake. So it's actually lake water that's filtered and then that's their tap water. So you're not supposed to drink it, but it's great for bathing. So I was essentially bathing in the lake water, which I love because it has a really high iron content and my skin feels amazing afterwards. Um, and then I had the wood fire stove going and I made it really hot in there. I was like, I bet you I could heat it up in here enough that it would feel as hot as a hot yoga studio. And then I could have a hot bath and I could get some really good deep rooted stretching in because I was having a lot of issues with my hips, flexors and my psoas and the IT bands on both sides of my legs. And it was just like my whole lower body had almost wanted to lock itself up from like the pelvic region down to the knees, like shutting myself off of my own like sexual energy and like all of the lower energies is just like, nope, not having it. I was almost trying to like reground myself, I think back into the earth because I had not been for a while with all the stress that I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I had like, I had a light dinner and I was like, I'm not actually that hungry. I really just want a bulletproof coffee, but I decided to use the cannabis butter instead for my source of bulletproof so I'm in this hot heated wood burning stove cabin I have a hot bath running with lake water I have music playing in the kitchen area and again this is like all one big open space and I made my coffee which was also hot melted the can of butter on top and I don't I didn't think to like blend it so that it actually incorporated I let it just like skim off the top and I put the cup down beside the the bathtub hopped into the bathtub ran a nice bath salts bath and my, and then all about 10, 15 minutes into it, like my blood pressure hit and I got that red flush, which is common when you're sitting in hot water for a long period of time. And the room was hot and I was like, whoa, okay. And I hadn't even touched my coffee yet, my, my bulletproof magic coffee. <laughs> and I was like, I should swig some of that because it's late enough that I would, I want to go to bed, but I want to enjoy this ride. So I intentionally was taking this cannabis to help clear out some of the stuff in my field. And again, I don't use it that often. And when I do use it, I try to use it with intention rather than as a mask. And so I, I was listening to some kind of EDM music and it wasn't the typical like radio show that I would listen to. I think it was on their YouTube channel. And I guess it must have switched to another episode of a live show or whatnot. And I know that the music that was playing was by Cosmic Gate. I can't remember what song it was, but I had had that hot flash from being in the hot bath water for too long I had taken a swig of my coffee I couldn't even finish it because I had forgotten to blend it so my first mouthful was mostly can of butter and not really coffee 
It didn't taste very good. It's like, okay, whatever. Well, that should do it. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be like stupid and not be able to get off the couch or what, whatnot. And I want to still be able to like function and feed the fire when it dies down again. But it was during the sun setting as well. And you're looking onto the lake at this cabin and it's a really beautiful view. And I could kind of see the fire dying down and there was no lights on at all, except the light that was emitting from my phone, which was playing this music from around the corner, but it wasn't like a bright light because it was kind of tucked behind a wall. And I had hopped out of the bathtub and wrapped myself in my big giant beach towel, which is a, like a giant sheet. It's literally like the size of a double bed. And I laid back on the foot of the bed with my feet dangling and the marijuana kicked in. <laughs> and Cosmic Gate is playing and I'm looking up at the ceiling and I've looked up at the ceiling stone cold sober, but um, on the back of the, the Northern Lights color green of your background screen, that very vibrant neon rich, almost emerald, but not quite like it dances between the green and the yellow was the color mm -hmm. that I was seeing. And I was looking up at the ceiling and I got this kaleidoscope imagery of like it was like heart shaped and it just kept going and I was like well that's interesting I've never experienced anything psychedelic before and this is just marijuana so what's this about what the hell was in it <laughs> and then I keep watching and the music is playing and as the music is playing the kaleidoscope is moving and then it started to shift into this heart shape and then the green kaleidoscope imagery and sacred geometry that was like morphing it like kind of went into the heart space area so like your heart chakra area chakra quote-unquote chakra area the chest and it just kind of like it felt like an energetic blast but in a good way and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep and woke up later pretty much freezing because I had fallen asleep with my towel on and then like the fire had died down and it was now dark and the music had stopped playing and I was like okay well running another bath to warm up and I was sober by that point uh, at least I felt more sober by that point and I didn't even bother touching that coffee until the next day and I don't think I drank the rest of it because it was just like well that was definitely a trip and a half that I didn't expect to have so it was interesting how that music affected the brain waves as well in tandem with the plant medicine and because I used it with intention to clear things it was like it was really funny that I had a psychedelic experience off of a plant that doesn't necessarily always create that experience. Mm -hmm. But then I was chatting with a friend just recently about that experience. And she had mentioned, she's like, did you know that when cannabis has mold develop on it, that it can produce a psychedelic experience? And I was like, so what you're telling me is I had moldy butter. And she just kind of shrugged her shoulders. And I was like, well, shit, <laughs> that was an interesting free ride. <laughs> Oh, it's not a half bad thing. <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, I don't really know that I got any specific messages out of that, but it was just like the experience itself. And I did feel rested and rejuvenated after coming back home from that experience. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how when we and I mean like you don't have to go far to experience things like that, mm -hmm. right? But it's nice when you can take that break from your everyday life and have that kind mm -hmm. of spiritual experience or spiritual journey or whatever, mm -hmm. whether it's with plant medicine or not, um, and be able to kind of come back changed, you know? Yeah. And, and I know this kind of, not so much that it leads me into another story, but just knowing that, like I said, you don't have to go far to experience something like this. Like you and I, we've been hiking in 
um, one of the provincial parks like all the time, right? Like, well, mm-hmm. we don't go all the time, but we go enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was it this summer? I can't remember if it was July or August, but we were on um, one of the trails and we came uh, came across those um, those oak trees, I think they were. And there was like yeah. the older one and then the younger one. Yeah. And they kind of felt like they were too... Um, like what was it I, I think one was like a grandfather and then you were hanging out with the one that was like the grandson or like the, the yeah. younger tree <laughs> yeah yeah because we yeah. joked about how you were attracted to the you were like I, I'm kind of feeling the grandfather energy and I laughed and I said yeah and here am I over here wanting to go after the young one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes um but yeah like it's just it's really entertaining how like, I mean, I wouldn't say that was like a spiritual trip or anything, but like mm. we did get codes, we got information. You, I think that was when the wildfires were happening and you were having, um, you got some alleviation of your like lung symptoms with that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I know yeah. I definitely felt some of the like telluric energy step in forward. Mm. Mm, that's right. Because you had, we had played around with the grandfather and the grandson energy of trees. And then we went a little further up. And this one tree to my left caught my eye and it was a big old thick oak that had, it split off into three, but it was one main trunk that split off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling called to touch the trunks. And the second that I placed my hands on this tree trunk, I took a breath in and I felt an energetic lifting in my respiratory area. And yes, I am susceptible. Like I used to be a smoker. So, and that's also why when I do use cannabis, I prefer to use it as an edible rather than to inhale it because I used to be a cigarette smoker and it, I've had chronic bronchitis issues and I would like, I don't want to trigger that. And it, so anyway, so it was smoking in the air and I put my hands on these trees and for me to feel relief after having that congestion for two weeks, I was like, well, no shit, Sherlock, a tree's going to have codes on how to breathe properly in the smoke because what do they freaking do? They clean the air. So it was kind of funny, but then you had gone further up and you were attracted to this other tree. And then I was like far into the bush too. <laughs> you, yeah, you were. And I actually thought I lost you. Cause it's like, cause by the way, you guys, if you ever go on a hike with her, she will walk off and she's quiet. And then you turn around and she's not necessarily where you think she's, she should be. And you almost have to pay attention to your own energetics to tap into where she's, which tree she's hidden herself around, or she's like gone around the back of the trunk or something, or she's on a really big rock and there's Aaron right in the bush. <laughs> just getting in there yes yeah but yeah I think the tree that I that like distracted me it was like there's the path and it was like I had to go through the bush to get to this tree but it was really prominent standing out for me Mm -hmm. um and I think that was the one that had some sort of codes for eyes like I just kept getting a sense of like eyes um but it messed with my vision it was like I started seeing I don't even know what, like, almost like it was like shimmers or like almost like a curtain kind of, I don't know, maybe it was seeing through the veil or something. I don't know, but it was super cool. Um, and it was interesting because like you and I, Carol, um, we are like, we can kind of bubble up and share codes. Right. So as soon Mm -hmm. as I kind of mentioned that to you, you, I I think I remember you picking up on that and actually starting to see similar things to me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that was also the time where, like, that was a weird walk, if I remember correctly, because, like, I think it was starting to get, not quite dusk, but it was starting to get, like, later, later on in the evening. Yeah. Um, and I remember we were starting to experience things in the forest that we were like, what, what is that? 
where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, we should do that again. Yeah, we should. Well, I think that is, that's a trail that's meant for skiing right now. So I don't know that we can do it in the winter because they have switched the signs over, but in that section, it's on the second half of the trail and um, there's like aspen and poplar and oak and they all kind of go in spurts and we had come out of the aspen cathedral area which is my favorite part of this trail and then then there's a bit of an open almost desert like experience and there's more pine and conifer trees and then you go up this little hill in the curve and then you keep going and then you hit the oaks and then the oaks go for a long time and i know we had met the grandfather and grandson energy and then we had done the senses the eyes and the the lungs and then we had gone around the curve again and we had left some of the oaks but we had found some other ones and there was one where you and I were standing under and looking up at the leaves around and we kind of felt like we were vortexing with the tree because when we had looked up at the tree leaves the way the canopy was over us it almost felt like we had stepped into the entryway of a portal or something like that and I I do believe I actually felt some telluric energy like mm-hmm. instantly kind of around us which is kind of cool because I, I definitely play with that realm of beings in good ways so yeah it was it was a really interesting walk because I think that was also too when we like there's that part where it was kind of deserty and like we walked yeah. through like mm-hmm, there's that, like two pillars of trees and then there's another set of trees and yeah. I remember walking through and being like hold up and then I, I think I weirded yeah. you out because I backed up and I was like, it's like, yeah. was it warmer or was it colder in that area? I can't remember. Yeah, I see you picked up on the energy first, but it was, it was so funny because you know when you're in a vehicle and the cars around you start going forward because, and then you feel like you're going backwards? Well, that was what I experienced in my periphery and I started laughing because I was like, dude, what the heck? Because I kept going forward, but you would stop dead in your track. So I was like three steps ahead. And you were like, there's something different about this area. And sure enough, when I backed up and I tapped in and you had to move over just a little bit, but it was cold in that area. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like this breeze. And again, like, I think that that's another like vortex or maybe it's a ley line or something. But um, since then, when I've done that trail on my own, I've noticed there's a shift and there really is no logical explanation why this area should feel warmer or colder than the area around it but it does every single time yeah it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and I think actually if I remember correctly I think right around then was when we were starting to talk about the idea of actually creating this podcast well that's interesting like being serious about it and not just like actually you're probably right about that yeah absolutely and here we are talking about it on our podcast (laughs) that's awesome actually yeah I don't know there's so many there's so many cool things that we can't quite yet explain with with science that we know now um and I know it's coming I wonder if it'll be there by the end of my lifetime or like during my lifetime but it is it is really interesting to see how this kind of us all developing we'll say Mm -hmm. yeah I do think that we're going to see some aspects of science quantum especially quantum science Mm -hmm. Um, catching up with the spiritual knowing and proving what we've known all along inherently but kind of lost I think along the way with settling like settlers and all that stuff and how we've essentially take try to to wipe out the indigenous knowledge Um, I think that we're reclaiming that and possibly even downloading more new information instead 
and not to replace, but maybe perhaps enhance. Supplement, yeah. And I, I do see science, some of the stuff that I'm seeing in the headlines now, it's like, is it a priming or is it an awakening or whatever, but they do seem to be on the same threads. But I feel like with science and math and like those logical things, they're spending too much time in logic. And mm-hmm. so they're getting caught up in the logic aspect of it and the technical aspect of it instead of the feeling and the knowing. And if they were to step back from the logic and the mathematics and having to prove it on paper, they might actually get the download that they need for the key to solve it. So we'll see if that shifts in the next little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny, like I've, so I graduated high school in 99, went off to university, graduated in 2004 with an arts degree, and I studied geography and like, I studied the most random shit, to be honest with you, geography and psychology, like what is that about? And, <laughs> and yet, it took me, and then so 10 years later, 2012 was when I decided to go back to university to get my teaching degree. And it wasn't until 2012, my science teacher, like my science prof for my education degree, who said, that you can't have science without spirituality and this man was obsessed with northern lights he's actually traveled up north to study them and he also would he, he prefaced our class with um talking about how he hasn't figured out time travel yet but he's also obsessed with the movie back to the future and then he had another colleague who was also with the science he taught so my prof was science for early years and then there was a prof for middle years and high school science and he would often wear not often but once in a while would wear the the white lab coat and so we invited them to be um speakers at our graduation and they dressed like marty mcfly and doc i love it so good so freaking good so good and like the tall prof actually had like the same wild hair and they just they just fit it so well that it was like such an iconic moment um, and I really appreciate it. And, and yet at the same time, I thought to myself, like, wow, it's 2012-2014, and we're only now saying in education that you cannot have science without spirituality. I wish I would have known that as a kid, because when I look back at what I did for my science fair projects, my grade five science fair project was on crystals. How crystals form, okay? My grade six science project was on constellations in astronomy. I was already woo without knowing that I was woo. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of us are though, you know, like we, we start, I get, I don't want to say being primed, but I think we come in with a certain data set and we're just, you know, more prone to going after those types of topics and, and learning about those things. Cause I know I was really interested about stars um, I really love learning about Egypt and like mm. other different ancient cultures. Um, yeah. And it's just like, now that I look back, I'm like, oh, cool. I was, I was kind of woo before I knew what woo was, you know? And it's just, yeah. sadly, it was like the, the school system that kind of beat it out of me. Well, with that, I think we should probably wrap up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that was a heck of a ride. No kidding. Thanks to all of our listeners. You can find me at Elevate with Carol Sky on, on Instagram and Facebook, or you can hit my website at carolsky.ca. Yeah. You can find me at, at Heal with Erin Mindy. 
and that's on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find me at erinmindy.ca. Um, you can also find our podcast Instagram yeah. and on Facebook at Enter the Vortex Podcast. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> if you have any uh, questions or any comments or any topics that you'd want us to explore, please hit us up on our social medias. Um, and we would be happy to look into that topic for you. Um, otherwise, well, and oh, I have something else. Oh. If you like what you hear and you know friends that would like to listen to this kind of stuff too, please sh like, share, send us a review, a written review. All those things help boost our ratings so that we can get our information out there into the hands of others. Heck yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank all right. you all for tuning in. And uh, we we'll catch will... you on the flip side. Yeah, <laughs> you all are. You'll hear us next week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.